The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, we can go home after that, can't we? We're done. I, I like these kind of days because I learned a long time ago I don't get paid for overtime, Pastor. So, Well, we want to say how much we appreciate Pastor Tafar and Chippo. We do consider them a spiritual son and daughter or, or son and daughter in the faith, and we're very excited. You know, I just want to say this quickly as we get started. You know, if you... Uh, if you don't have a church home and you're visiting, I don't know who's here, and who's a visitor, who's not, I have no idea, but but uh, I just want to encourage you, this is a great place to get planted. You know, the Bible gives us a promise in Psalm 72 that those that are planted in the house will flourish in the courts. Psalms 92 tells us that, I think it's right in there, verse 11, 12, 13, 14, and you read in there. And so when you get planted in the house and you learn to mature, grow, develop, become what, who and what God wants you to be, then what happens is you're able to flourish in the courts. And really another word for the courts is marketplace. So you get planted in the house, you'll flourish in the courts or in the marketplace. And so it's really important. The local church is critical. Now, I, I want to clarify something that, you know, what, what happens today because of my role that I have now I don't have the opportunity to be able to go to uh, local churches like I used to do. I used to go a lot, and I just haven't had the opportunity. So because of my role with Andrew Walmart Ministries and Karis Bible College and with Wealth Builders and Tricord Global and the other things I do. So what happens when I get to a weekend, I want to go home, and uh, so to speak, and see my grandsons. And I have a home in Denver, Colorado. We do. Our primary home, we also have a home in Woodland Park, Colorado. So usually we're in Woodland Park where Andrew Allmack Ministries is and Karis Bible College, uh, usually usually four or five days a week, typically, depending on the week. Sometimes it's seven, just depends. And then we get to, we go home. And so my, the rhythm of what I do, now I still get the privilege of speaking to many people all over the world, right, depending on what conference we're at or what we're doing, but... but uh, Coming to local churches is special because we don't we really don't get to do that. And so I want to introduce you. This is uh, Isaac and Annalene. I want you guys to stand. These are our Africa directors uh, for for Andrew Walmack Ministries and Karis Bible College. They've been very special to us, and we love them dearly. And uh, I appreciate all you guys do. And they boy they serve like I mean like nobody I've ever met. So thank you guys. God bless you. And we appreciate them if you've never had a chance to meet them. And uh, then, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the church. The last time I was here, the back wall ended, I guess, about where, that, where the, the, the deal was. And that, I think I was here in 2019. Did I speak here? 18. The last time I was here was 19. 19. So just in the last three years. Wow. And even this morning, uh, the there was a great, great group that showed up for the eight. You know, anytime you show up, because we started at 8 o'clock this morning, didn't we? I couldn't believe he has an early service at 8 a.m. <laughs> when I got in the van, I told him today, man, Pastor Safar, you're making me work for a living. <laughs> started at 8 o'clock in the morning, man. That's a joke. Settle down. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So I, I want to share this morning and uh, just say some things. Uh, so, sometimes when I share on this subject, I'm going to, people you know, will ask me sometimes, you know, why you did it. I realized that I think I shared, I re- realized between services when I went out to the green room there, I remembered that if, if, because uh, I know some of you uh, are, uh, are either attend Karis Bible College or you have have attended, 
the, I did a live stream uh, that went all over the world from from the main auditorium at Karis where I taught on the subject of disappointment and overcoming disappointment. Did any of you see that on the live stream? Some of you? Went one here? Okay, well, good. Then I got a whole fresh crop to speak to here tonight. That's good. And so uh, I, I realized that. And so today I, I want to talk about some things that have been close to me. You know, one, one of the things I get the privilege of doing now is a pastor, the, the role of a pastor and part of the job of a pastor and those that are part of his team, their job is to, is to teach you across the Word of God and, and be able to educate you and develop you in the things of God. What I do today in my role and what I've been called to do is I kind of stay in my lane and I teach the things today that will help you, I believe, in the marketplace and in your personal life primarily, primarily uh, in the area, of course, of building wealth and learning how, how, to ride the, how, how to have the right heart toward those things. And so this weekend we had a great wealth builders and uh, it was just a, just a great time together, I think starting on Thursday night. But this is a subject that has been very close to me and so I want to, meaning something that I had to learn to overcome in my own life. And, you know, Ephesians chapter 6, I think it's verse 11 tells us very plainly that we need to be aware of the schemes of the devil, depending on what translation you may read that in. And so Satan will come at us at different areas, and this is an area that I had to, to overcome. And so I want to, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12, let's read a couple of scriptures here to get us started. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12, in the New King James Version It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And really, when we talk about the word sick there in, in the New King James Version, it, it really means, it, it gives the idea of something that is rubbing fabric. And when you rub the fabric and you make it, and, and you make it not as strong, it gets frayed. And it's not as strong. I remember one time I was on a trip. I got a dark pair, but I had a pair of jeans about the color of Pastor Lafar's light colored. And I wore them on a plane trip. And I was going to to Bogota, Colombia, to speak at a church. And I was going to Bogota, Colombia. And I remember on the airplane, I spilled the coffee on my jeans. And because I was only going to be there about 36 hours, I didn't take an extra pair of jeans. I just coming and going, right? I mean, literally, I think I was going to sleep quickly one night and get back the next morning and get on the plane. So, man, I had this coffee spilt, so I took one of these these uh, pins that you can use or fa whatever I had to try to, it was a, a fabric cleaning pin, and I, and I rubbed, huh? A Clorox pin, something like that. And I took it and rubbed it on, the, on my pants, and, man, the coffee came out. And I was like, wow, what a miracle. And then I get up the next day, and that, that particular church, I'm, I'm on a Sunday morning. I fly in on Saturday night. I get up, and, and, uh, and there's, a, there's a couple of thousand people in the room, you know, in the, in the church. And all of a sudden, right over here about where, where Valerie's sitting, there was a whole group of young people, and they started laughing. And I went, what in the world are they laughing about? And I started looking around, and finally one of them was bold enough to point at my pants. And right down about right here, I had this big hole that just popped open. I'm in front of all these people. And so somebody said, well, what did you do when that happened? I, I said to everybody, I got a hole in my pants. Get over it. We're going to have church. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did. So... So hope deferred, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, the Message Bible uh, says this. I like this particular translation of the Message Bible, Proverbs 13, verse 12. It says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. So I want you to see this, unrelenting disappointment. Now, when you, when you understand, we're going to talk about what disappointment is here in a second, 
But unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. In fact, I like what the New Living Translation says on the last part of this verse. It says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And so one of the things that I want to share with you this morning and kind of lay out for you scripturally is the subject of disappointment. I'm going to talk about overcoming disappointment in your life. Overcome. Satan attacks you with that. I want to encourage you how to overcome it. So the, the dictionary says that disappointment means to fail to satisfy the hopes or the expectations of. Let me read it one more time. To fail to satisfy the hopes or the expectations of. And really, if you look at the word and kind of break it up, dis and then appointment, we call that the etymology of the word. If you look at the etymology of the word, it literally means, disappointment literally means to deprive of appointment, to deprive of appointment or, or to separate from appointment. So tomorrow morning, if you and I had agreed to meet at a coffee shop somewhere here in Johannesburg and I said I was going to be there at 10 a.m., and I did not show up to the 10 a.m. appointment, then I would have deprived you of an appointment. I deprived you of that appointment that we had set. Well, what happens is we have dreams, expectations, things that we are believing for, and sometimes those things don't show up in our life in the time that we thought that they should or in the way that we thought they should and we, if we're not careful, we can become disappointed. In other words, we allow it. And the reason that I'm taking the time to share this message today is this, is that I want you to be able to recognize it. In other words, when it actually does show up, it's important that you recognize exactly what is happening in your life. And what happened to me early in my life, I didn't recognize, now I recognize it when I feel, and boy, I deal with it immediately. But if you don't deal with it, it will actually uh, continue to get stronger in you, which we'll talk about. And so because of that, it's important to be able to recognize it. So the first thing, number one, I want you to understand is this, is that disappointment happens when we miss our appointment with our expectations and dreams. So let me say it a more accurate way is that disappointment can happen, right? It's possible that it happens when we miss our appointments with our expectations and dreams. When, when I was in high school, and how many of you know I'm only 39? Make sure we're all together here. But uh, me and Miss Becky have been married 49 years. And uh, she's 29, and I'm 39, so we're together. And uh, settle down. It's okay. It's going to be all right. And, uh, but I remember when I was in high school, uh, we, there, there was kind of a trick that sometimes boys would play on other boys. I didn't typically do it with girls at all, but other boys. And you'd be standing in the hallway or something looking at something or be distracted. And while you were not paying attention, Somebody would walk by you, and they would. This was supposed to be like a joke, right? Nobody. It was. We weren't physically fighting. It was like a joke. But they would take their middle finger and point it out like this, and they would hit as hard as they could into the meaty part of the arm, right back here, kind of on the back of this muscle, and uh, that that muscle would then get. We called it frogging. It would get frogged because it would. It would kind of bounce like a frog does when he croaks, you know. It just kind of, and the muscle would come up, and it would do that. And then the net, you'd kind of rub it and hopefully get it out. The next day or the following day, oh man, your arm would be so sore, right? You couldn't move. And I didn't tell this in the first service, but the other thing they used to do is you wouldn't be paying attention, and they would come up with their knee, and they would knee you right here in your thigh. And I am telling you, it was your muscle would hop like that. And then the next day, you'd be, you'd be walking because of the sore leg. Well, life has a way sometimes of frogging you. (laughs) 
something happened that you didn't see coming. One of the reasons that I take the time to teach on this is because in business or in ministry, people can get disappointed because things didn't work the way. And God, listen now, God has a true call on their life. He has a true call, for example, to the marketplace on someone or a true call to the ministry on someone. But because they become disappointed and don't recognize the scheme of Satan, they end up they end up abandoning the purpose of God for their life. And, because, and remember, I didn't teach this this weekend, but really I believe this is that your, your prosperity really is connected to your purpose. So what disappointment tries to do, what Satan tries to do with disappointment is to get you to abandon your purpose and by doing so you end up abandoning your prosperity and all that God has called you to fulfill in the earth while you're here in this physical body. And so Satan will use the scheme of disappointment to cause you to give up on, you don't even know you're doing it. It's not like, I mean, you may sit down and some of you may go, yeah, I'm giving up. But most of the time we just have a tendency to drift away from because of disappointment because we don't recognize it. We don't see it. And so the reason that I'm taking the time to share this today in this particular time that we have together is I want you to become wise and understand that Satan will use this scheme to cause you to abandon your purpose. So when we talk about disappointment, I want to read with you from, as a matter of fact, I mentioned this, I just want to say it real quick, is, uh, is uh, Deuteronomy, when you look in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and you look at the curse of the law, you look at the curses that, remember the blessings were listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28, primarily from verse 1 through verse 14. But the curses of the law begin in verse 15 and go all the way down into the 60s or so in, in the book of Deuteronomy 8. Actually, go a little further, but they list all the curses of the law if you don't know by the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 65, in the Amplified Classic says, but the Lord will give you there a trembling heart a failing of eyes from disappointment of hope, feigning of mind and languishing of spirit. Another, another translation says, and among these nations you shall find no ease. This is in Deuteronomy 28, verse 65. So I can't tell uh, the computer folk back there exactly what uh, translation this is. But it says, it says, among these nations you shall find no ease, nor shall the sole of your foot have rest. But Jehovah shall give you there a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. I remember several years ago, I was in Dallas, Texas. Now, Dallas, Texas is like the oil capital. You know, we have a couple of places. Dallas is the primary place. It's where the Texas Almonds Club is located, and, and uh, so it's kind of a big deal for what we call oil and gas in the state of Texas. And so I remember I was invited one day by the president. He actually owned the, an oil company, an oil drilling company, where they actually prospected for oil. So they would go out and drill in fields and do their research and their ge the, the geology of the, of the area, and they would and they would drill wells. Well, the company had been really successful and had made a lot of money. And I remember I was invited in to speak. Now, at that, and I'm going back quite a few years now, but I was invited in to speak not as a pastor or minister. I was kind of coming in there to, to be more what you would call an inspirational or motivational person to help the employees that were there. So I came in to speak, and he brought all of his vice presidents in, and they were sitting around, and we were all in there. And I heard the Lord tell me, I want you to speak on disappointment. Now, I thought, Lord, this is not going to fit this group. These are high-powered oil executives. How come I'm talking about disappointment? 
And so I get up there and I start sharing some things and and uh, I use some scripture, but not a lot, right? I just kind of re- reference things and I talked. And and uh, when I got done, I couldn't tell if it was good, bad, or indifferent. I just said, thank you, everybody, and I was getting ready to leave. And the president of the company came up to me with tears in his eyes. I was like, wow, I was taken back. And he goes, man, I can't believe you shared on that. I said, I'm thinking, okay. I, I have no idea. In my natural mind, I had no idea how this fit with this successful oil company I had no idea and he came up to me and he said I cannot believe you spoke on this he said and I said well you know what what, what's going on and he said and he gave me the example he said like the last 300 wells that we have dug of the last 300 which that's a lot of oil wells I mean that's a lot of the last 300 oil wells they had dug they'd only hit about 10 wells in other words so their percentage was because really when you when you drill like that what you want is you usually want one out of ten right and if you get two out of ten you're in the money big money if you get two out of ten so out of the 300 they had 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 drilled I mean they it was really minuscule it was so small that they were bleeding money they were losing money big time and um, he said I want you to know I believe this message has uh, what he called what your talk is what he told me. I believe your talk has turned this around for us. He said, I think all of my VPs, I could tell they heard it. And so sure enough, that company, now it wasn't just because of me given what I did, but what happened was uh, he said to me, they're still there, right? The VPs are still there. Some of the others had left. And he told all the vice, you stay in here. He turned around, y'all stay in here. So they all stayed, and he put me on the spot. He said, I want you to pray for every one of them. Right there in that oil company, right in front of God and everybody, right? I don't know what floor I was on. Felt like the hundredth floor, you know, up the deal. So, man, I got them in there, and I prayed Jesus over the table, under the table, around the table. And I broke the spirit of disappointment in Jesus' name over that company no joke and just a couple of months later maybe six months later they sent me a big check because they had hit some new wells you broke you they did you you uh broke the spirit of disappointment off of that place so i share that with you because what happens is is that and i'm going to give this to you again is remember that disappointment number one disappointment can happen when you miss your appointment, doesn't have to happen, but it can happen. You miss your appointment with your dreams or expectations. And the reason that I'm sh- taking the time to share this this morning is you have to know, or it's important that you recognize it so you do not succumb to it and you do not let Satan use that against you to abandon your purpose. Are you listening? So it's important that we do that. But then number two, and this one gets a little bit stronger, it's important that you recognize that you it's possible. You don't have to, but it's possible to not only become disappointed, but it's possible to actually carry a spirit of disappointment on your life. In 1 Kings chapter 19, In verse 1, the Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them about tomorrow, about this time. Yeah, good. New King James, perfect. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. So here here we have Elijah. He's, He's running away from Ahab and Jezebel, and he takes his servant with him. Then he gets to Beersheba. Then he leaves Beersheba, and he goes on a hike, and he goes another day's journey on his hike into the wilderness and the Bible says and he came and sat down under a broom tree or a juniper tree 
And then in verse 4, it says this, he went the day's journey and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So actually, Elijah went, this is 1 Kings 19. Elijah went from a mountaintop experience in 1 Kings 18 to one chapter later, he called fire in 1 Kings 18. He called fire down from heaven onto the prophets of Baal and Asherah, 850 prophets, and he called fire down supernaturally. And here we have a chapter later, he's running from Ahab and Jezebel, and he's asking God to take his life. So he's going from a mountaintop experience, literally, right, to the lowest place, literally, that you could get and asking God to take his life. So when I read that, the question was, why would something happen like that? So when I, when I talk to you about my, my light-colored jeans and the fabric of the jean getting, getting worn because I had used that Clorox pen or whatever it is to get the stain out, what happens in life is we carry these disappointments sometimes with us and our heart gets frayed. And then because we don't recognize it, which is why I'm teaching it today, and because we don't recognize it, then when an Ahab and Jezebel moment happens in our life, we hit the lowest point or the lowest moment of our life and don't really realize why the impact of Ahab and Jezebel coming, why it had such a devastating impact on us. And it's because we did not deal with the disappointment early at the time it happened earlier in our life, and we allowed it to fray the strength of our heart. So I share that with you because when, when you see what happened there, and Elijah had faced on the mountaintop the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth and had faced them down and caught I me mean, for the business people in here. We just came out of Wealth Builders this weekend that, you know, you can either function under the spirit of God or under the spirit of mammon. And the Baal represented 100%. He represented in that day the spirit of mammon, literally. He was, they were, both Baal and Asherah were their fertility god. And they believed all of their prosperity, all their crops coming, whatever happened for them in a good way regarding their financial life, they believed it came from Baal. That's what the prophets of Baal believed. That's what the nation at this time was believing. So when Elijah stood up, he was coming against that spirit. He was, and today, very candidly, we still face the same spirit. Satan still uses the same schemes. And he waits until a time of showdown because you've been carrying, right, the little disappointments along the way. And it's the little foxes that despoil the vines. It's when you spill some coffee and don't realize when you rub on the fabric there, all of a sudden it may open up in a huge hole for them. We don't recognize it sometimes until it's too late. So I, share, I take the time to share this today because I want you to realize that it's possible to carry a spirit of disappointment on your life and any time that something happens then everything gets magnified in a negative way. Now, now that I've said that, made it clear, let's talk about why I think Elijah was there. Let's talk about when you look at it. We've looked at 1 Kings 19. I've made a reference to 1 Kings 18 where he had the mountaintop experience. But if you go back to 1 Kings 17, okay, just go back there and you look at his life and where he came from. We know there was a famine in the land, 1 Kings 17. And we know that the Lord said to him in 1 Kings 17 and verse 4, during this time God made a provision for him and he said, it will be that you shall drink from the brook 
and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So God made a promise to him. God said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. And 1 Kings 17 verse 7 says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So what happened was God told him to go there for provision in 1 Kings 17. Okay? And so he goes to where the Lord told him to, and there was provision for a while, but then after a while, the brook dried up and the ravens stopped coming. So it was like the word of the Lord in his mind was no longer being performed. Let me say, I didn't get to say this in the first service, but let me say this to you. Usually when something like this happens, what it means is you don't allow Satan to use it as a scheme to cause you to get disappointed. What you do is you slow down, quit thinking just about yourself, and say, okay, Lord, what is shifting or changing in my life? It's usually at that time. Watch this now. It's usually at that time that, that giving to God a new wineskin is required. It's usually, at, in other words, so God can put new wine in. But you have to give him the new wineskin. There's a shift of how provision is going to come. You've been living a certain way at a certain level. There's a shift in how provision is going to come to your life. I'm saying something more than you think I am. So what happened was, Elijah gets up, and the Lord said to him in verse 9, we just read verse 4, verse 7, now verse 9, of 1 Kings 17, New King James, he tells him, Arise and go to Zarephtha, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide you. So what Elijah heard was this, I have, I have commanded a rich widow there to provide for you. <laughs> what he really heard was, I heard that there is a stinking rich widow there a very rich widow there that is going to provide for you. So Elijah's going, oh man, this is my day of promotion. I'm going from a place where the brook dried up and the ravens quit coming and I'm going, right? I'm going to this place where there's this very rich widow and man, my, my, my concern about existing and living is over. I have arrived. If I can get any help in the house. And so he gets there. And in verse 12, she says, As the Lord God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's a pretty, she's not only broke, now she's going to die. <laughs> so the brook dries up. The widow's broke. Now, thank God there's a miracle. Elijah had to perform another miracle. <laughs> He told her to go get your little oil. He said, go make for me a cake first. But he said, go get your vessels, not a few, right? Go get some stuff, bring them in. And the Lord started supernaturally filling the, the jars up. And however many she got, God filled up with oil. So the oil did not stop, praise God. And so there was a miracle that he had to perform. But you can't be on the widow's side of this miracle happening. You've got to be on Elijah's side. Elijah's having to work. He's having to perform miracles. He's having to do something. And right here, he's looking on Easy Street. He's looking for Easy Street. I know he's looking for Easy Street. That's why he goes into the wilderness. He's like, Jeremiah, just give me a hotel by, by the way. That's what Jeremiah prayed. He said, I'm tired of dealing with these people. God, just give me a hotel I can own. That's, I have a friend of mine. He's a real good friend, and, and uh, he's been in the ministry for a long time. He helps me do tricord, and he says, all I want is a gas station. Y'all know what that is? A petrol station that I can sit on the front porch and throw rocks at kids when they come by. 
I said, that's your idea of retirement? He said, that's my idea of retirement. I said, well, go for it. Go for it. Not really. He had none of that. So Elijah's trying to look how to get off the sink, but all of a sudden, every place he goes. So not only did he have to perform a miracle for the widow, her son dies three verses later. Her son dies. He has to go in there, lay on the sun, supernaturally perform a miracle, miracle raise, raise the son from the dead. So those little disappointments, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So those little, those little foxes, those little disappointments can add up in your life. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for me, I, I experienced this because in my 20s, it was like anything. I'm only 39. We're all together on that, right? Gonna, but <laughs> I don't know if I can even remember my 20s. But no, I'm kidding. But the, in my 20s, I, was, I personally was incredibly successful, for real. And I'm not saying that to be pretentious. I mean, I, I, I did really well. So I told them in the first service, back in those, and I'm going way back now, okay? And I made, uh, I remember I was making at 25 years old, I was making $100,000 a year, really a little more, depending on what all you added in. And I had two brand new cars, paid for, I had a brand new home, beautiful home. And uh, I mean, I was, I, was, I, was in, I was in the money. You know what I'm saying? And then, when I got into my 30s, I decided I would change and, and not do exactly what I was doing in the same way. And so I kind of gave some of that up and did what I thought I was obeying God. And I went for several years, right? And I did not in any form or fashion have the same kind of success that I had in my 20s. As a matter of fact, it was just the opposite. It seemed like failure after failure after failure. And what I didn't realize was I had allowed these disappointments to accumulate and I began to carry on my own life and not know it. Truly didn't know it. I began to carry a spirit of disappointment. Not just some disappointments, but I began to function in a spirit. I still born again. But I allowed that my head to not be renewed to the word and I carried that disappointment in my life as a stronghold. And a spirit of disappointment can literally become a stronghold in your life. And when that happens, then every decision that you make and everything that happens is really you begin to make decisions from a spirit of fear. Which that is the worst place to make a decision from. Let me say it to you one more time. You may not have heard it. The spirit of fear is the worst place you can make any kind of decision from. Anytime you make a decision from the place of a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound or well-disciplined mind. In other words, your mind is not resting, so to speak, over in an environment of disappointment. It is a sound mind. It's not a mind that's full of fear. It's not a mind that's full of disappointment. It's a mind that has been renewed to the Word of God, and it's a sound mind. Therefore, when you make decisions in your life, they come from that place, right? The best decisions in your life, this is free, right? I'm not going to charge anything extra today for what I'm about to say, but the best decisions in your life are made from a place of a spirit of faith and they're made when both the heart that's full of faith and the head that is a sound mind, it becomes a head, a head and a heart decision together with the Word of God are the best decisions you will ever make. And really, let me say this, let me say this. You're not trying to make the best decision. What you're trying to make in your life is better decisions. In other words, you want to follow God step by step. What we want to do is make one decision and never have to make another decision to follow God again. But as you continue to obey God, he, the, listen, the bigger you get in following God, 
And the more you fulfill God's purpose for your life, I always say this, if you were to fulfill the ultimate purpose of your life and do everything that God had called you to do and you grew so big that you got as big as God, God would just get bigger. So just relax. And quit and quit limiting God. And quit allowing Satan to use these schemes of disappointment, things not turning in the way you think they should, to work in your life. Now, in case you don't believe that what I'm telling you is true, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, here's what it says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. So you can even stand or sit here today and listen to me preach the word to you put the verses on the screen, and you can filter out through the strongholds in your head what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you if you allow that viewpoint of disappointment to filter the power out of the Word. Now, the Word has power. We know it does. Hebrews chapter 4 says the Word of God is powerful, right? It's sharper than a two-edged sword. However, your disabling beliefs that you carry in your head, see, strongholds, are not demonic strongholds in the heavenlies because Satan has already been defeated. Jesus has already risen from the dead and he made an open show of the defeat of Satan. He, he trailed him behind like a Roman general and said, this guy is totally defeated. He has no authority. He has no power. So the only place that Satan can take any power is the power that you give him, that you allow him to have. And that happens because you allow strongholds in your head. The word stronghold means castle or fortress, which means that those castles or strongholds or fortresses get built one disabling belief brick at a time. And you get a stack of disabling beliefs in your head. You now have a fortress and those disabling beliefs can be disappointments that have happened in your life and now when the word is preached like me standing up here talking to you, it has no effect because you're filtering it out just like they said in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. So we have to understand that what I'm teaching you today is possible. Now look, I want to say this one more time. One of the reasons that I share this message I mean, I have a, I mean, not, not to sound whatever, but I have a lot of things I can talk about coming up here. But one of the reasons I feel called to share this message is because of this. If we as the body of Christ are going to rise up and become what God has really intended for us to be in the earth, and we're going to flourish in the courts, we're going to go into the marketplace, and the wealth of the wicked is really laid up for the righteous, i got to get some righteous that are handling their own personal lives in a way that Satan cannot scheme them out of the purpose that God has called them to. Because we're never going to fulfill the kingdom mandate on our lives when we don't fulfill the purpose God has called us individually to so that we can then have it collectively as the body of Christ. So people say, well, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the right. It's absolutely true. And one of the reasons the, wicked, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous is because the wicked are operating under the spirit of mammon. And because they're operating under the spirit of mammon, money will go out of their hands. It may not look like it, but it will. So if I'm operating under the spirit of God and I have not allowed disappointments or fears to keep me limited, that money will be attracted to me for kingdom purposes. Stay with me. Stay. The wicked are going to lose it somewhere anyway. The problem is it's just going to more wicked. I need to pray a magnet prayer today. 
everybody has a supernatural magnet on the inside of them. So the things that God wants in your life get attracted. But if you're walking in a spirit of fear or a spirit of disappointment, those things get repelled from your life. You take, you take two magnets and you put them on the end, right? Opposites attract the same, the same polarization. Boom, it'll come apart. If you put the positive negative, boom, it'll come. So when we look at this, the reason I take the time to teach this is because it's important that we understand that it's possible. Man, I took all that time talking about what it was. I got to tell you how to get out of it, don't I? Y'all okay if we're here to 1 o'clock? Are y'all right? Well, just relax because I learned a long time ago I don't get paid for overtime. So, I'm... so those filters filter it out. And so, so, so let me read this to you. We're reading in 1 Kings 19. Let's read verse 9 real quick. And I will. I am going to get you out of here by 1140. Okay, I'm going to pray for you and everything in that time. Is that all right? 1 Kings 19 verse 9 says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Verse 11, Then he said, The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Now, I want to say two things to you here. Number one, I believe that God had never spoken to Elijah before in a still, small voice. Anytime you get ready to transition to the next thing God has for you, I believe God sends people or some other way. Now, you don't have to make a doctrine out of this. I'm not making a doctrine. I'm just letting you know usually you have to give to God a new wineskin so he can put his new wine in it. And the way that comes to you is usually in a different place, in a different voice, if it's a major transition than what you've heard before. Now that's a revelation. Because let me just be very candid. God had spoke to Elijah already in all of these ways. We saw the last one in chapter 18 where fire came down from heaven. So so Elijah knew that God was God in those three, first three ways. But the Bible said that evidently Elijah, watch this now, evidently the wind didn't speak to him. Evidently, stay with me now, evidently the earthquake didn't speak to him. Evidently the fire here didn't speak to him because the Bible says that God spoke to Elijah in a still small voice and the miracle of this passage is this next part here of verse 13 and so it was when Elijah heard it see today when I'm talking to you the miracle here is not is not just there was an earthquake there was fire for example there's wind the miracle was that Elijah actually heard the word of the Lord and what did God do when that word came to Elijah and he finally heard it God showed him what was next because he thought he was the only prophet in the land and he, God came to him and said look you're not the only prophet I've got 7,000 whose knees have not bowed and he told him what to do and he came right out of this experience and went and anointed Elisha and he called Elisha to come stand by Elijah right and so he came into that next season of his life that God had called him to because he came out of or from under the spirit of disappointment so he could hear the voice of God again in other words, number three on this is that is disappointment will prevent you from hearing the voice of God for your life and releasing you into the next season that God has for you. If you stay in disappointment, you will stay stuck. I want you to hear me. So the miracle 
of Mark chapter 5 with the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says this. The Bible says that she was sick for 12 years and that she had spent all the money that she had and instead of growing better, she grew worse. So the Bible tells the story that Jesus is walking through this crowd and everybody in the crowd is touching him. He's got 10 people at a time putting hands on him as he's walking through the crowd. They're trying to touch Jesus. And Jesus turned around while all these people are touching him and go, who touched me? And his disciples said, Lord, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. And the Bible says the woman came fearing and trembling, fell down before him and told him all the truth. Right? And then she told him the story. She said, for I said, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And so Jesus said to her, woman, today your faith has made you whole. Now watch this, watch this. The real miracle of that passage, of that, of that story, was not, I want you to hear me now, the real miracle was not her getting healed. The real miracle was a couple of verses later, earlier in that passage where it said, and when she heard of Jesus. The real miracle, are you ready now? The real miracle is that she was willing to hear one more time. The real miracle was that was that after 12 years she spent all she evidently was a woman of some financial means. She had enough money to pay for doctors for 12 years. You got to have something. Doctors are expensive, aren't they, Sasha? Yeah. Doctor, he's a doctor. I'm going to go over there and take up an offering before I leave, but settle down. It's all right. But the but the miracle was after 12 years, she's sick and she's broke, but she's willing to hear one more time. It's like the woman, I think, in Matthew 25, I got to do this. Matthew 25, I got to do this. Uh, in, in uh, Where's it at? Matthew 15, in verse 21, and I'm ending with this. This is it. And in verse uh, Matthew 15, verse 21, New King James is good. It says, And Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And not only did he not answer her a word, his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. It'd be like you trying to talk to Pastor Lafar, and he doesn't even look at you. He just keeps going. Thought I'd help you with that one. And even his disciples said, Send her away. Then verse 24, But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. For the first thing he does is absolutely ignore her. And then the second thing he does is he tell her, tells her she's not qualified to be healed. Second thing. Then he said to her, I was not sinned except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. He called her a dog. And she said, verse 27, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. The miracle is we got to be like this little woman. We get our head offended. We get in disappointment. And we never receive from God. She came, didn't let her head get offended. She kneeled down. We know, of course, she got the miracle. 
So the real miracle here was in the middle of the possibility of disappointment. The woman in Mark chapter 5 was willing to hear Jesus one more time. I wonder today if there's people in the room today that are willing to hear Jesus one more time. I wonder if there's people in the room today that are willing to believe one more time. Not give up because of disappointment. Not give up because of things that didn't happen the way it should. Not, not give up because somebody has told you somewhere in your life that you didn't qualify. Maybe a fifth grade teacher, I don't know, or third, somebody somewhere told you you didn't qualify and you're still holding on to that disabling belief in your life and you're allowing that disabling belief to filter out what the promises of the Word of God have said. So I believe this morning, before we go, I'm going to pray that we can break the spirit of disappointment. Not everybody in this room has a spirit of disappointment on them. But those who do, who've been walking in it, those that have recognized that if I'm not careful, I let that happen in my life. And we're going to, in the name of Jesus, through the word of God, in the name of Jesus, we're going to break that off of you today. Let you be free so you can, watch this, so you can fulfill the purpose of God for your life because disappointment will cause you to to abandon God's purpose for your life. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. You got a you got a, a worship song to sing or are you just gonna play? Whatever it doesn't matter to me. Just play? Okay, good. That's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, that's good. I want us to get ourselves ready right now. We're going to receive here in this house. The potential that is just in this room this morning. It's like the, the little ball, little bitty ball that's in the nuclear submarines. The power of the whole submarine. Those submarines are massive. And it's just a little bit of that in that ball of radioactivity that causes that power to come out. Well, your faith is the same way. That's why Jesus said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And not doubt in your heart, but you'll have those things which you say it shall come. There are people in here right now listening to me. You've been hurt. You've been through some stuff. And the stuff you've been through is legitimate. Meaning that it wasn't just because of what you did that you always did something wrong or, or something. And even if you did, that's okay. But the point is sometimes just stuff happens. And Satan will use that stuff to keep you bound and to keep you in disappointment and to keep you in fear. The devil, believe me, will use it because he understands that every one of us on the inside of us, we've got that little ball that can power whatever needs to happen. It's our faith. Just the size of a grain of mustard seed can move a mountain. And if he can get you distracted and deceived to not use that, that's what he wants to do. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, in this house, I declare over Faith Hill Church and the people here today in this place in Faith Hill Church, I declare in the name of Jesus right now, the spirit of disappointment is broken in Jesus' name. I declare that the spirit of fear has come off of people's lives. I declare in the name of Jesus there is a supernatural lease today and people are set free from those things that have limited them, that have kept them bound. And today I come against the spirit of disappointment and any message or word they've internally received that says they want to quit, they want to give up. In the name of Jesus, I break that off of their life now. I declare every deception in Jesus' name, every deception gets removed now. Father, I thank you for your grace, the grace of God that has qualified every one of us, that has caused us to be able to stand here as a, as a priesthood and kings before you, 
a holy priesthood. I declare today we stand here before you today and everybody in this building knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. We declare their qualifications today are released over them that they begin to fulfill the purpose and the plan that you have for their life. They're not limited. Their past, their failures that they've allowed to be disappointments will not keep them back from the purpose and the plan of God for their life. And Father, today we thank you for that. We release that over your people today in Jesus' name. And everybody said with me, Amen. Well, let's rejoice. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.